Welcome to the Public Health Reform Podcast, a place for people to discuss tackling public health challenges, reducing inequalities and creating a Scotland where everybody thrives. You're listening to the Public Health Reform Podcast with Carolyn Hughes. In this edition, we're going to be talking to Kath Denham, who is Director of Strategy at NHS Health Scotland and Interim Head of Strategy, Governance and Performance for Public Health Scotland. Another one of her roles is as a member of the recently formed National Task Force for Human Rights. So welcome, Kath, number one. And can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you came to be working around public health? Well, I've worked for Health Scotland for nearly 15 years. I joined as Head of Policy and Planning way back in 2005. I then became Director of Equalities and Planning in 2007. And I've remained in the organisation as a Director of the organisation all that time. What I've done is evolved um, over that time. I I lead a number of the corporate functions of the organisation, our communications function, our HR and all sorts of other things. But also in that time, I have led the organisation to develop our own policy and practice, first of all around equality and diversity, and then particularly in the last 10 years been very involved in thinking how do we as an organisation respond to the really exciting evolving agenda in human rights in Scotland and and thinking about how is that relevant to our work as the national board here to reduce health inequalities and how is that relevant to public health going forward. So that brings us to the National Task Force on Human Rights. How did that come about that you were involved in it? Yeah. Um, So the National Task Force, first of all, that came about from the First Minister, who has always been a really strong advocate for human rights in Scotland, which is fantastic, um, had an advisory group which met last year and was looking at how could human rights be further embedded in, in public sector and in policy in Scotland in the landscape. And that advisory group came up with a number of recommendations, one of which was to form a task force, a ministerial task force, with a very specific task to look at how does international law and and frameworks around human rights get further embedded into Scottish law, which is really exciting. So the the task of the task force is to come up with um, proposals for a new legal framework, and particularly for the incorporation of what we call the economic, cultural and social rights from the um, United Nations, which is very relevant to us in public health because economic, cultural and social rights are about the right to health, obviously, but they're also about the right to housing, the right to food, the right to an adequate standard of living. And these are the fundamental things, of course, which will help all of us to create and sustain good health for all in Scotland. So you're all meeting on February 20th. And what's the goal of that meeting? So the goal of that meeting is quite specific. What we are... the what we're seeking to do with the task force, and the task force is quite a small group, but it's been very carefully chosen with members. I'm there representing you know, public health and public sector alongside COSLA. There are also a number of other members drawn from um, third sector, legal bodies, etc. Um, and what we're seeking to do is to have a series of round tables, working very particularly with our sectors, to really engage with people on quite a, a detailed level and understand. Um, what we're actually looking for is a, a new public sector duty in human rights, but we want to learn from all the work that's been done in the past in equality and diversity in human rights. How can we make this really work and be better and different from what's come before? So we're going to be holding a series of round tables, but actually in discussion with the task force, we decided that rather than go straight 
into these roundtables, we wanted to first of all hold a big event that brought everybody together to lay out overall the, the agenda the of the task force, what we're trying to do, and, and draw people into that and, and bring people up to speed because it is you know quite a new, quite a complicated agenda. You know, and all the time I've been involved in it, I, I learn as I go, and I think it's an opportunity for more people to, right from the start, get a sense of what this is and what we're trying to do. You've done a lot of work around human rights with NHS Health. Can you tell me what's kind of worked with with that organization and maybe some of the challenges so any public health organization can, can kind of learn from that? Yeah, I think for, for me, one of the things I like about human rights is it's a progressive agenda. So yeah. what that means is, you know, you start where you start and you seek to get better, and you seek to think, how can you incorporate things? And that's very much the approach that we try to take. And I think in my position as Director of Strategy, what I looked around me were, what are the levers that I can use within an organisation to get it and us to start to think more profoundly about human rights. So you take communication. So working with your members of the communications team, trying to think, how do we build human rights messages into our general messages? You know, we're about reduction of health inequalities. For me, health inequalities are simply an indication that there are people in Scotland who are not actually realising the, the full potential for the right to health. So how can we make that difference? So building into that message is one. Um, as director of strategy, I have obviously, you know, access to our board um, who are very committed to our agenda to reduce inequality and working with the board and particularly our chair David Crichton you know they really saw the value of this agenda and then we were able to build it very explicitly into our strategy of fairer healthier Scotland so when we refreshed that strategy in 2017 we actually said this is about the right to health and also as director of workforce thinking well how do we build this into our daily practice you know we have good standards around how we support our staff with equality and diversity, the staff governance standards, but how do we make that a little bit more explicit about human rights? What what does realising your human rights mean for you as an employee of this organisation? It means, and that's where principles or, or models like the, the panel principle, which I think is a great principle for human rights, participation, accountability, non-discrimination, empowerment, legality. It's really easy when you think about it to apply that to the workforce. So how yeah. do you make sure you have all the opportunities for your staff to participate in, the, in decisions that affect them? How do you make sure you're accountable for making sure that all members of staff are well supported in their jobs? Of course, non-discrimination is a big part of that. How do you really, really make sure that all the ways that the workforce and how we manage our workforce and support it really empowers staff. And of course, we're looking after all the legalities um, around equality and diversity and discrimination and different things. So panel for me has been a really good way to apply that into our thinking and also into our planning is the last thing. So encouraging people to think about planning the work, public health delivery work, um, any kind of programme or project that we do. How do we make sure that we are thinking about People at the end of the day receiving these services, are we thinking about the impacts of that? And I've just found bit by bit embedding that thinking into the organisation has reaped huge benefits. So you're the interim director of strategy, governance and performance for the new organisation Public Health Scotland. Mm -hmm. So they're starting out with a human rights framework of some sorts. How would you like to see it go going forward? Well, I think it's fantastic that, you know, having worked with the public health reform team and colleagues coming into Public Health Scotland, and I'm a member of the shadow executive management team for the new organisation, that, you know, through that I have spoken to people about the work that we've done in Health Scotland, spoken to them about the task force and the opportunity that Public Health Scotland has to take the mantle, do what it will with with agenda going forward. But from that, there is a commitment, and that was stated in the consultation document that was shared with all the stakeholders, that Public Health Scotland would take a human rights 
evidence-based approach to its work and I think that's fantastic and um, that's a really good starting point I think there's a lot to build on from that but I'm really grateful for that and I think it's particularly interesting in the consultation for the setup of Public Health Scotland led by Public Health Reform that when that was shared with you know all the stakeholders but particularly stakeholders coming back from the third sector I think particularly welcomed the very strong commitment to take a human rights-based approach for the new organisation. I think a lot of people see what's going on with the frontline services, or the third sector would see someone who is suffering from, let's say, alcoholism, and they don't maybe draw the connection between that as a potential human rights problem. Mm -hmm. And so is there a way through communication, through involvement, that we could kind of link that in the mind of the public? So it's it's something that we're all involved in Mm -hmm. and, and tasked with, Uh, going forward yeah I think there's huge potential for that Um, and I think that we have made you know massive progress collectively and I I mean Health Scotland but working with all the partners we've worked with to really look at ways that we can embed the thinking about human rights into policy and strategy and you see that all over the place you know for example the new social security bill you know did have human rights at its heart but of course every time you speak to particularly colleagues in the third sector and people Mm. coming from that background they will say this is good this is great it's progress but until we actually see which I think is what you're getting at this on the ground how, how can we really show that's made a difference? I think there are ways that we could start to do If you take that example of alcoholism or people who are suffering from addiction to alcohol, there are so many ways that you can think about that from a rights-based perspective. You can think about that in terms of, of course, people's right to health, people's right to live life to the full potential. If somebody's suffering from addiction, there are clearly things in the way of that. So first and foremost, how do you ensure that the services that that person is receiving for their addiction are appropriate to them, are accessible to them, actually meet their needs. So that, that's a you know a core part of human rights. But you can think there's many more things you can think around that. So what is it about their life circumstances that's led to that in the first place? What about their right to food? What about their right to education? What about their mm-hmm. right to an adequate standard of living? These things can start to play in, and it's about a balance. And there's a wider set there about you know right to freedom from violence. There's so many different yeah, things definitely. you can start to think about in terms of shaping that narrative a little bit differently. What it's fundamentally about for me is we're all human beings yeah so whether you're somebody suffering from addiction or whatever it is if you start from that perspective this is a human being and they have a right to the full potential to live their lives to the fullest potential how do you start with that and how can you start to think about that person in the center of whatever service you're seeking to provide and to me that's fundamentally what it's about is about thinking about services from the perspective of the human being helping them flourish rather than and i think this is where the public sector can be a bit stuck on how do we provide services because of what we're used to because of the structures that we have because of the budget setups that we have and it's about that fundamental shift I think is where we would really see the biggest difference. So now uh, you've been a big proponent of whole system work around human rights and for people who are just getting into that topic can you just give a just an overview of what that is and then what that might look like going forward? I mean I've started to really think about whole system thinking in the context of, of human rights and it but I've worked with a lot of colleagues out with the public sector and, and it's and in yeah. the legal sector as well. So you still hear very often, you know, the challenge is that there are still far too many um, infringements of human rights, obviously, and there's just a sense, and I totally get it, that progress hasn't been made fast enough. But it's not enough, I think, to to look into the public sector yeah. and say the public sector aren't committed to this. You know, if only they just got it and they could do it. It's far more complicated than that. And that's when I started to think about, well, what are the barriers? Because by far the majority of people working in the public sector get this. You know, we're yes. all human beings. 
Right. And, and we're largely in the public sector because we want to provide a good service that makes a difference. So what gets in the way, and I think what gets in the way, are organisational structures and boundaries. I think it's politics. I think it's, you know, it's a hugely complex sector if you think about it. Health it's and social care. It's yeah. Totally. I mean, health and social care is really complicated. And then you add into that all the interaction with all the different things at a national level and a local level. So for me, it's about thinking about this from a whole system thing. It's thinking about how our organisation is structured and organisations relate to each other and how do you break that down and that's and how are budgets distributed and how do you set common outcomes that people can actually work towards regardless of organisational boundary across health and social care across national government and local government and NHS and local government and for me that's where thinking back to the public health agenda and the public health reform agenda a big part of that is about whole system working and it's for the same reasons it's saying that in order to improve health and well-being in Scotland we need to break down those barriers we need to have a whole system approach where organisations at a local level are not constrained by who's holding the budget or who's got these targets or who's got that what's the common goal we're trying to work towards and I suppose where I started to take my own thinking is to further this agenda of human rights and basically putting people at the core of that if you just embedded that thinking into this whole system working you would probably achieve the same things because it's about the same things it's about people collaborating differently and having a different kind of approach to budgets priorities how work's taken forward who contributes to that will, will make a big difference so i think whole system working is right for public health for improving health and well-being and i think that if we just embedded a little bit of thinking about the goals and aspirations of the task force and human rights into that at the same time, thinking about the right to health, thinking about the right to housing, thinking about the things we're trying to achieve. So that's why I'm starting to think about whole systems thinking and thinking about a language that's more about organisational change, systems change, in addition to the very strong and powerful and appropriate language about campaigning for human rights and legality. I think there's an additional language and thinking we could put into this. It looks like Scotland is really making a huge effort around, even though with Brexit happening, to really be the leader or one of the leaders in the human rights movement. And it's kind of an exciting time, although it's daunting in many ways. So what, what would you ideally see maybe in, I know in public health, we look at things in tenure focus in 10 years what would the ideal vision of a a cutting edge human rights country be yeah so the first thing would be and directly back to the task force it would be that scotland had achieved and implemented uh, legislation a legal framework for human rights that fully embedded the united nations you know articles around all of the human rights but particularly economic culture and social rights into the legal framework of Scotland and flowing from that would be a public sector duty that really worked for the public sector and in 10 years time and I hope that's achieved in two three four years yeah, time that would be ideal. in 10 years time I would like to be in a position where when we have the next leadership event about human rights first of all that that is attended by people from the third sector people from lived experience people with public sector and it's not about looking at what the public sector could how could they show commitment to this agenda it's about looking at a really embedded partnership approach where people are talking a common language that we've got examples there where the way that services are planned and designed in local area have been turned around have been turned around so that the person is actually at the center of those services and i do believe that if you've done that you will see that people's right to health and people's right to living life to the full potential has probably been helped by virtue of those services. And I think the other thing would be for me to hear in that a real comfort in using the language of human rights, that people are proud of that 
and people are comfortable saying that because they can see real difference. Well, Kath, thank you so much for doing this and thank you so much for your work in and around public health and human rights. And hopefully we'll continue to grow and develop in the coming decades. Thanks very much. If you'd like to find out more, search online for Public Health Reform Scotland with the website, Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube accounts regularly updated.